Welcome to the Never Stop Getting It podcast, where we take your mind out of reality and have a little fun with life. Here's your hosts, Steve Giroux, Scott Bailey, and John Osimo. Hey everybody, welcome to the Never Stop Getting It podcast, where we celebrate unstoppable individuals and inspiring stories that embody the motto, Never Stop Getting It. Today we got a special guest. It's going to be a great one. We have the great comedian slash former duck tour conductor, Jody Sloan. How you uh, doing today? Hi there, guys. I'm really happy to be here and uh, I'm going to kill it, right? Mm. Kill this. Oh my God. <laughs> we can't wait for you to be our guest here on the podcast today. So um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. No pressure. We've had some fun ones. So I'm just. That was Thanks. pressure. No, that was immediately no, pressure. No, no pressure. <laughs> I was like, don't Wait, not be when, fun. When someone says no pressure, no, they mean pressure, right? That's what they mean. We don't have an edit button. Don't no. worry about it. No edits. This is going <laughs> no, out the way no, it is. No edits. All right. <laughs> Let's do this. It's basically live. <laughs> so, Jody, you have a unique background in stand-up comedy. Could you please share with us how, the, how this path came to be? Yeah, sure. Well, I guess in my earliest days, I... I keep kicking the desk. Look, mm. I'm starting off great. In my, <laughs> in my in my early days, I started out just as like keep creating humor for my mother, always trying to be the clown for her. I was the class clown. You hear this a lot with comedians, but I never thought it would become anything. I never had any aspirations to do stand-up because I had also social anxiety, so it was not <laughs> even mm. in my radar. And somehow I ended up doing duck tours. It's actually not somehow. When I was 13 years old, I saw an amphibious vehicle. I was with my dad. And when he told me what this thing could do, do you remember in Winthrop they used to have, uh, they had an amphibious vehicle. Mm. And that's where I saw it. And you I talk really fast. I'll slow down. <laughs> no, no, go I'll ahead. Slow down. Go ahead. I saw, this, I saw this amphibious, I had coffee. I'll take it down. I saw this amphibious vehicle, asked my dad what it was, 13 years old. He tells me what this thing can do. It can go on land and in water. He told me it was a Coast Guard vehicle. Found out later it was not. But that made, I was like, I'm going to drive one of those. And I joined the Coast Guard. In order to drive an wow. amphibious vehicle. You were in the Coast Guard. I was in the Coast Guard. Of course, there are no wow. amphibious vehicles in the Coast Guard. <laughs> so that did not happen. But a lot of other really cool things did. But that sort of stayed in my mind. And so when I saw them in Boston, I was like, you know, this is my chance. I'm going to do this thing. And so in 2000, I took a job at Boston Duck Tours driving a duck. And, you know, you're giving history, but you're in character and infusing humor throughout right. to keep it interesting and uh, palatable for, for your guests. and. I didn't, you know, I kind of knew I was funny, but I didn't know how funny. And people would come off the tour and they would just say to me, you really have an act for comedy. You should do stand-up. And enough people said it to me that I was like, one day I was just like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. I was living in Cambridge. I took, actually, I think Stephanie Peters did it through the adult uh, Center for Adult Ed in Cambridge as well. That's where I went. I took the course and almost immediately started getting paid work, partly because the duck tour experience and just being comfortable in front of an audience certainly helped with it. And it, it kind of just took off from there, it took on a life of its own. I still sort of sit here and go, you know, when is when are people going to realize I'm not funny? Because I feel like I'm fooling <laughs> everybody. It's, I really do have imposter syndrome with it, but I'm like, well, until they kick me off stage, I'm, I'm going to stay the course. That's what I'm doing. Now, I just got a question off of that. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think I've ever actually been on a duck tour. So I haven't either. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, shame on you. Right? No, absolutely. Now we have to. I work in Boston constantly. I yeah. work at Logan Airport. Yeah, locals. Well, from from Boston, we none of us have been no, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a on a on a duck tour. I've been on duck tours in other cities, but yeah. not, not. I just yell at them. Yeah. Oh, quack quack. <laughs> <laughs> so where where when you're a conductor, you were you you were the driver. Yes. So you yes. couldn't look at your audience. Oh, I did. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, oh. no, you, you have this big mirror over your head. Okay. So you're kind of doing this driving, looking, looking at them in the mirror. And then when you're stopped at a traffic signal, you'll turn in your seat and engage. And gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I was just thinking, because that's the um, the anxiety part of it, where you talk about where, you know, you can do a duck tour because, I, like you, like I... If I'm not looking, I, You're I'm, okay. I'm a pretty funny person. Yeah, you could stare at the windshield. I do it over here. Yeah. Yeah, you could stare but at the windshield. But if there's like 15 people and like I, I just shut down and I can't, I can't get over that hump. But yeah, we would call that like there were times when you had crowds that just like a group of school kids or just yeah. a group of boring people, and you we would give them what we called the windshield tour, where you just like you hate what's <laughs> happening in your life so much that yeah. you don't even engage. You stare out the windshield. You never even look in the mirror. You never turn around. So you could have done a windshield tour. Oh, uh, definitely. I got, I got the face for windshield. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he does podcasts and not videos. Yes. <laughs> but no matter where I've been on, on tours across the country, it's best when it's it's there's comedy associated with the tour. So yeah. I'm sure that you have helped so many people enjoy the Boston Duck Tour. I've had some really interesting encounters with people. And one of my favorite experiences I ever had was a woman had, was there with her friend. She came off the tour and afterwards she said, thank you so much. She said, my friend lost a family member. I said, I'm going to cheer you up. And the friend looked at me and she goes, this was exactly what I needed. Forgot all my cares, just had a lot of laughs. And I didn't, I didn't really realize till that moment when she'd said that to me that, you know, I'm maybe I am actually giving people a little more than I thought. I kind of think it's hokey. I think it's a lot of things. Right. But it it can, laughter is that thing. You right. know, that's right. what I realized. Laughter is that thing. It's a gift that you, that I, it's the only gift I have to give to the world, I feel like. And so that was a real like revelation for me that, all right, that's what I have to give. And it is a big deal to people to right. have that in their lives and forget what's, you know, because it's crazy, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Life is crazy. And is. Um, just to expand on that a little bit, Jody, as you know, performing comedy often involves connecting, as you just said, with the od uh, the audience on a personal level. So how do you approach crafting your material to resonate with different audiences? And can you share any memorable or challenging experiences you've had on stage or with the tour and how you navigated through them? Sounds like he's reading off a piece of paper. I was going to say, that wasn't right It was a novel. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a big question there. Was, yeah, there were a lot of parts to that. Um, yeah. So am I doing it from a duck tour perspective oh, or just it, from it, on in general? Either way, in general, in general right, so, yeah. Um, my comedy is written about my life because mm. there's enough material there. I, I really don't need to search <laughs> for it. My mother has provided just ample amounts of material. And I go off that. I go off my own personal life experiences, raising kids and sucking at relationships and dealing with my mother and, you know, just add a punchline to it. Mm. And it's for me that my life is, if you will, rich in that way, but, um, you know, kind of rich with just craziness that I use that. And I think when you give personal stories to people and some of it can be dark because I do tend to lean towards dark humor, um, people might be a little uncomfortable, but when you hit the punchline and if you do it right, 
sort of, you know, they get the release and then they have this moment of like, geez, that stuff that feels really awful or that's really dark that's happening in my life. You know, maybe there is a high point. Maybe there's something I can do, a spin, whatever, or I can take control of it in my own way. That's how I control tragedy in my life is through comedy. I, I have had a lot of crazy stuff, trauma, whatever. You know, I'm not heavy <laughs> about it. I'm not going to do that to you guys. And I don't do it in life. I I feel like you you take control of that. You make your mind up about how you're going to handle that. And it's through comedy that I do that. And I hope that the connection with the audience is sh- shit happens. Right. There is no question shit happens, but you make the choice what you do with it, how you handle it and what, what it does to you, if it does anything. So I'm hoping that's the example. That's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. And I do think it resonates with my audiences. I do think I make a connection with them. Right. No, you, that's true. You said something about, <clears throat> you mentioned mom a few times now. Was she funny? <laughs> my mom is absolutely nuts. And like, probably like in a way where she should be medicated. And I'm joking about it because it's at this no, stage not. of the game, it's like the only thing we can do yeah. is joke about it. And she should have been medicated a long time ago. Like it's, it's, it was serious as in my childhood, but now that she's an adult and my brother took her in, um, it's so much easier to joke about it. But, you know, I, I definitely think that my sense of humor came from her. It is the gift she gave me. I mean, there's right. a lot that's wrong in my childhood and upbringing. But my mother did give me that. It was it was how we survived. It really was. And I'm grateful for it's it. All like, right. And in the 1980s and 90s, there was a term that everyone floated out there all the time called dysfunctional family. And I, the, the thing that I have always said is I have not seen or met any functional family. Every they family don't exist. There's no is such thing. dysfunctional. No Brady Bunch? And There's we, no, I don't believe it. We can all relate to what is known as the dysfunctional family because- I think every family in the United States is dysfunctional That's in right. some way. And the one, there are deniers, don't get, you know, don't get me wrong. There, mm. it, there are deniers who are like, we're the perf- we're perfect family. But if you right. start peeling back the layers of the onions. Exactly. Th- those people actually probably have the darker stuff that I they're know. hiding. Definitely. That's right. what I think. Definitely. Serial killers. now now you talk a lot about your upbringing and 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 your your everyday life and stuff how how do you tackle or do you try to stay away from um like social issues that are going on do you do you feel a certain way like hey maybe those things are are not my neat my niche and i don't want to get involved in the bullshit that comes with it because no matter one guy's gonna think you're funny The other person is going to think you're offensive. Yeah. Like, I'm how like, do you deal I, with that? I, very lightly. Like, I don't, I'm not one to dig into that because it's so, it, it can be so alienating and polarizing, polarizing yeah. in, a, in, a, in a situation that you don't know what the audience mix is. Right. So I don't want to do that to myself and I don't want to do that to them. So it's not that I'm, and you can get criticized for that because as a comedian, a lot of other comedians feel like that's our job. That's what we should be doing. Mm. And that is certainly one stance, and in, in, in my opinion, it, it, that is a matter of opinion. Right. It's not where I choose to go uh, with the social issues. I, I just don't want to be polarizing no. like that. And I don't actually think that I have the answers. If I'm being humble and honest, right. I, I don't think I have it all sorted out to confidently go up there and say, you know, this social issue, you know, whether it's trans or whatever, right. that I feel comfortable giving an opinion on it. Because honestly, I, I'm okay with being flexible in my opinions about right. things. And that's, you know, that would be one of them where I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I have opinions if you're under 18 that are different than if you're over 18. I'm, right. I'm not going to get into that shit. I don't, 
It's hard to make it funny. If you can go out there and do it, hats off to you. And I admire those who can and bring some sort of, um, I don't know, levity to it or whatever, or bring people together with, with some idea of it. Right. I would love to try that, but I am, I guess I'm tiptoeing. I'm yeah. kind of being, I'm being that's a pussy, right. if you will. No, but yeah. Some, yeah. That's what, Nothing some, wrong with that. Somebody, some people want to go out and not have to deal with. That's kind of it like, too. I, I just want to have a good time. That's it too. I don't want to listen one way or the other. I don't want to be forced into, I didn't, I'm not going to laugh at that joke. I'm going to laugh at this joke. Yeah. I'm not George Carlin. Right. I, I am an entertainer who wants to bring joy and happiness and laughter to people. Yeah. And I know what, what way works best for me. There you go. And maybe it means there's a lower ceiling for me and where I'll go. I hate to say I'm okay with that, but yeah. I am. No, oh, absolutely. No. You got to be comfortable with yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, Jody, in addition to your stand-up comedy and what you've brought to the table for so many years, you also bring your comedic genius to um, writing, your writing comedy. And so can you talk about the process of writing comedy and help you uh, and, and how you help others find their comedic voice? All right. Can we just pause on the genius part for a moment? <laughs> no, not at all. No, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to go there. All right, all right. All right. I meant to say that. That's really. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. He wasn't reading it. He, that's what he meant to say. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, it was not on the paper. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Kudos. Uh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Um, well, it should have been <laughs> the way you were reading it. <laughs> uh, I've, uh, my, my thing, if I'm, if I'm ever tutoring or coaching or mentoring or whatever it is with someone who's just starting out, the big thing I always say is be authentic. Hmm. Be who you are. Like, you know, it's always about finding your comedic voice. What is that? And there are some who do sticky stuff and they're, and they're in character on stage and I don't fault anyone for what they do. And if people enjoy it and it works, then keep doing that. But there has to be some sort of authenticity, I think, to what you're bringing to it um, I, for me. And that would, that's what I try to tell people when they're starting out. I don't know where that leads them or what that means for other people. I know what it means for me. And that is, I'm going to be raw. You're going to see parts of me that are going to be uncomfortable. I'm working on a bit now <laughs> that I've been struggling with for a really long time that I've presented and it's people are like taken aback. But if I do it right, I'll get it there. I'm going to get it there. And I think the gift of that when I get it there is anyone else who's experienced this thing and what I'm talking about is finding out your dad's not your dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, where's your mom? <laughs> That's tricky. <laughs> actually, actually that I did this. I, uh -oh. I know I'm going to go out open to a can of worms. No, now. I, did, I did it on stage one time, talked about it. And I said, has anyone done that 23 and me? And this one guy raises his hand and I'm like, how'd that go? And he goes, not so great. I'm like, do you want to share your story? And he's like, well, I found out my mom is not my mom. Oh, and I'm like, wow. how does amazing. this happen? You know, yeah. I, you're adopted. He found out his aunt is his mother. Mm, wow. And I need like a chart and easel to understand this whole situation and how it worked. But it turns out his dad was sleeping with the, with the aunt and his, you know, non-bio mother and she got knocked up and somehow they decided she would have the baby and that woman, the wife. That's raised. best for the family. It's, it's very complicated. 
Very complicated. Yeah. Yeah, he found out late. Let's not get into that. No, we don't. <laughs> Sorry, is it too, is it a Debbie Downer? <laughs> no, no. I, I was so intrigued. It's by not about me, so I'm all right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Hey, that goes along kind of along the lines of my, my, my question is like that stuff. Uh, what would you say in me? What was that? The, 23, uh, 23 and me. me. Yeah. Yeah. And Google and whatnot. So with the digital era, like yeah. how do you feel? You know, it's only going to go further than what it is now and where you started from how has it changed and how do you see as a, a is it is it an opportunity you think well or? okay so i'm definitely um handicapped if you will because of my age right and social it, well i don't mean right <clears throat> i didn't i didn't mean right right away like i wasn't trying to agree with you like oh all right the way like i I'm said it you could have been right, like right, oh you're my handicapped God. <laughs> <laughs> i felt it i felt it <laughs> that's not what i meant i felt it all over my body. Yeah. I felt um, handicapped right there. Yeah. <laughs> Just listening. Yeah. <laughs> Wheel me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's like, you know, the age thing is tough because no one wants to, no one wants to hear me. Right. Like the young kids aren't going to look for me on TikTok. And I don't even know how many o- over 50 people are on. I don't know. Are you guys on TikTok? Are you on any of that? Are you doing any of that? What are you Did doing? you see our faces? Yeah, no. Uh, no, no. So, no, you're not on it. Right, right. No, no. We, no. we got the faces for radio. Yeah. So we stay to the... Yeah. I'm, well, we, wa- we want to. You've seen us, right? Yeah. I mean, I do it. I do the thing. I know the thing is important. It certainly is very important to comedy now. I've, I have worked with middled for... <laughs> TikTok sensations right. who are headlining shows and have never is that crazy done stand up right and mm. it, and you know I'm gonna be gentle with how I feel about it but I I'm not okay with it I'm not okay with it I, because I'll tell you what I'm 15 years in and I still know that I'm considered sort of new right. 15 years in and so it, it burns your ass yeah when you see yeah. that and it it's not it doesn't help when they really can't even bring it right and i'm not going to name names and they know who they are i think right. maybe or they don't and they can just live in denial because they keep getting propped up tick the tick that thing it it's hard yeah and any young people that might be listening to the show do you have any young listeners we have oh all, yeah we have all sorts of they're gonna be listening to me going that dinosaur should just you know <laughs> no no it's a, it's a podcast and, that, and, 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 and we and we do have- <laughs> But it Listeners is, it from is across, all across the board. All, all the different generations. They're going to criticize my thinking, and I get that. And I, but I also know that people my age are an audience as well. Right. And so I kind of wouldn't mind it if the world's kind of were like, "All right, there's your audience. Don't put us on the same show." Right. Is what I'm saying. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know how it should sort itself out. But um, I'm I'm not going to go the way I'm not going to do TikTok. No one wants to hear from me or see me. I'm trying. But you don't know unless you're on it. Uh, I, I, I have to figure out the content. I yeah, know. so do I. <laughs> no. Maybe I'll- but you never know. Once you're on there, it blow up. The, the, the thing about it is, and I don't disagree with you, but it is here, it seems, for to stay for a it's while. It's not going so, anywhere. Right. No, it's it's going to- It's only going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to get worse. Yeah. Um, you know, there like even in like the metaverse, there's going to be stand up comedy venues in the metaverse. Am yeah. I going to do that? Am I going to buy land? Am I going to buy a club in the met? In- no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> maybe that's just going to happen. <laughs> well, no, no word of a lie. Steve Scarfo, he's a comedian. Maybe you've heard of him. He's a great guy, t- very talented. He and I talk about this stuff all the time. We were looking at buying a club in the metaverse. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, where is it actually located? It's not located it's in anywhere. The metaverse. It, yeah, what does that just, even mean? They what go. Mean? They put on their little things and they go to the club and they watch avatars do 
comedy. I mean, this is uh, gonna happen. Wow. See, you're halfway. It's like porn. You, you have. They have <laughs> you're halfway there, Steve. You don't have to put on a little thing. You already got one. I got one. Yeah. We're ready to go. Ready to rock and roll. <laughs> we <go>. oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Did that answer your question? No, no, it does. No, it does, or no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, or it does. by the no. No, it does, <laughs> or it, yes, it doesn't. Because it's it's good to hear. Honestly, that was like the most honest answer. I think. Uh, I I have a problem with. I'm I almost think I might have a little Asperger's because when you ask me questions, I'm not going to filter. I can't. I don't right. know how to. It's just like, and I know even in my head, I'm like, you might piss people off if you answer that that way but i'm like but this is the answer i have no. and this is my honest answer and if i piss people off i piss people and off. I promise, i'm not afraid of that right and i promise you're not the only situation. one that feels that way so yeah that's yeah it just is it's aggravating to work so hard and then you know you get the boot because someone's big on tiktok right it kind of pisses me off right well that's pretty good because it's gonna bring me to my next question as a comedian you need to be able to handle rejection yeah and setbacks yeah. how does that work how do you how is how do you stay motivated? How are you able to do that? Yeah, I don't care. You don't care? You just zone <laughs> it out? I don't care. Um, it I, rolls right off your back? It does, that- really. Like I, I have anxiety in certain situations, which shows, individual shows and situational anxiety. But overall, like the overarching theme of my life is nothing's going to break me. Yeah. Nothing is going to break me. I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm working hard at it. I'm get I'm not getting accolades if you will but I'm I'm there and I'm doing the thing and I have audiences and I'm happy. And you know I've been told I need to have comedy goals and I was like <laughs> all right my goal is to just keep doing this. Right, is that right, good right, is that good enough? Right. I don't know. I, I, it's good enough for me. I I don't know. Is that, do you think I should have goals? I, I don't know about <laughs> goals. How how do you handle the hecklers? Oh no, I, I'm I uh let the balancers get in there? I know. No, I don't. No. That's fun for me. Are you kidding? I'm not brutal. Like, I try to really be good at finessing it and walking the line where I'm not going to alienate the entire audience by being a total douchebag. Sure. But I am going to handle the individual. And and I'm, I think I'm pretty good at it, actually. Oh, and that's... I typically don't get heckled much because I think... Because of the relatability or the authenticity, they're like, this right. is just a person who's up here telling us sure. her life. We're going to shit on her. Sounds like she's had enough of that. I'm maybe, I don't know. I'm pretty mm. lucky where it comes to hecklers, but when they do, yeah, they should be ready. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I mean, uh, Mark Riley. Uh, he's a bastard. He's at the yeah. hecklers. They, they, oh he loves, goodness. I think he yeah. loves it. He's you know. so good. He's called the heckler killer. Yeah, he is. No, he <laughs> is. He's a god. Definitely, definitely. In that regard, for sure. Now, what you're saying is is when you talk about yourself and, and and whatnot, is that not a way of bringing like everybody together? You know, instead of it, it, there's some people that will project and and point out different differences, and that kind of separates people. But the way you're saying it is <clears throat> like you're making fun of yourself. You're bringing your own experiences, and and that kind of brings mm-hmm. people together. And and do you think that's, I mean, that's, that's I just, obviously a benefit, yeah, right? I'm trying to just allow for the humanity in all of us. Right. That's what I'm trying to do. And I do it by being vulnerable. Mm. That's what, when I write, that's what I try to write too. How can I be myself, which is vulnerable? We're all vulnerable. We, right. Some of us don't admit it to ourselves, but we are. And how can I be that on stage, still bring humor and and bring that to people so they can look at their own selves and their own lives and be authentic and be okay with with the shit show that is our lives, right. you know, how, how do you 100%. make it so that people can be okay with it? Right. Shit show. Shit show. So 
Obviously, I'm, everyone's life isn't a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just, no. We, we, all our, of our lives are shit I'm, I'm just thinking shit show-wise, obviously you're up on stage and not everything works. Right. 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 So how do you come back with that? You must have to think on your feet and be able to jump back in there and change the course a little bit. Yeah. No, I never fail on stage. No, you never <laughs> fail. <I'm just> <laughs> no. Didn't we see you? <laughs> we seen you that one time. Uh, never again, though. That's weird. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a great show. That was fun. Can you give an example of, of when that's happened and what, what you did? Yeah, the guy... Um, this guy just wanted to sexualize me on stage, you know, so really, you probably get that. A lot. I, if it happens, they're usually at least nice and don't do it while I'm on stage in the middle of my jokes. Yeah. yeah. So it, fine. Alcohol. If I don't know about it, but this guy just kept, I would do stuff or uh, do one joke. Of, I don't want to get into it, but <laughs> we're here. Body stuff. Hey, we're yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. We're the only okay. one listening. I do okay. a joke about <laughs> anal bleaching. Anal bleaching. I do a joke about anal bleaching. So you're not the only one. Joe. I'm not allowed to do this joke <laughs> in a lot of places. Now I'm getting red. But yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to avoid oh, it. No. I'm sorry. You pushed me. I did. Um, so X-rated. I do, and then I say, and then all I do is say, I wouldn't do that. It'll draw attention to the hemorrhoid I call a speed pack. Oh, <laughs> and it's disgusting. It's a disgusting joke. I don't even know why I do it, yeah. but I do I, it. It's funny. No, and, I, I think it's fine. And this guy goes, that's hot. <laughs> like That's being a- sarcastic, like he needs me to not do those things right. that are going to take away the fantasy that he's having about me. And I do other things that are similar in the act. And every time I do one of those, he's like, "That's hot." <laughs> and so afterwards, I I did actually on stage, I I actually just berated the man. Yeah. This is one time where I didn't even care, and I didn't use humor, and I just laid him out. I was like, "Listen, I am not here for you to have a." F- spank bank later mm. there's no pole on this stage you're clearly at the wrong club i i can't help you and so i just did that and i it, it, i couldn't bring humor to it i was pissed because mm. he did it so many times mm. and then later the young w- servers there will like came up to me they're they're really sweet and impressionable they were just like thank you for handling him the way you did you inspired mm. us i was like okay that was a result I didn't expect, and I'll take that. Yeah, I didn't make the crowd laugh with the way I handled him, but the fact that these kids were like, you know, you respected yourself and you wouldn't let them do that. And then the guy came over and he goes, um, you know, why were you so mad at me? I go, because you heckled me. He goes, I didn't heckle you. I'm like, that's heckling. Yeah. He's yeah. like, no, it's not. I go, talking through my act is heckling. That, that's the definition of heckling right there. Like, what the yeah. hell, buddy? What are you doing? He goes, oh, well, if I did, I'm sorry. And he shook my hand and I go, Oh, you have really small hands. <laughs> and I felt better about the whole thing. I was like, I want him out. <laughs> Got him. Well, so, uh, speaking of, of young, small young servers, <laughs> and, uh, just ad- advice, frankly, that you would get. I mean, you know, you've made a name for yourself now in the Boston comedy scene. Um, and, and, if, and if you would pass on your knowledge, what advice would you give to anyone who wants to come in to the comedy scene at this point and what lessons learned would you want to share with those coming in to comedy at this point? You don't have to blow anybody <laughs> to make it. See, Steve, I thought, <laughs> uh, Sorry. I except trying. for this podcast. Right. You want to be on this podcast. I don't. <laughs> I, are you kidding me? <laughs> 
She's on a podcast, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> so Scott. <laughs> Proof's in the pudding. Scott handled it for me. Right, Good one for the right. team. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, uh, no. You just, you have to be driven. You have to just keep it. It's a grind. And it will beat you down in the beginning. And you will hate yourself. And you will, I mean, it's one of those things, even now, where I'm like, why do I do this? It's torturous. But you just stay. Just stay the course. Keep going out there, doing the open mics, doing the thing. And, uh. And then at some point, if you're, if you're not feeling the pattern, get the hell out. Don't, you know, don't, mm. but, but just keep, you got to just stay with it. And that doesn't mean you're going to be successful. I'm not sitting here saying, if you just keep going out and doing open mics, you're going to be successful. No, but fucking pay attention mm. to what's working and what's not. Because my God, I can't tell you how many people I see doing open mics. And it's like, do you have friends that are willing to tell you how right. horrible you are? Because yeah, yeah. there are a lot of, no, I'm sorry. I got two <laughs> brother-in-laws that are willing to tell me how horrible I am. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> and then I, when I say that, my insecurities come in and it's like, everyone's trying to tell you that. That's why you're on this podcast, Jody. That's what this is. At. This is an intervention. But that is what comedy does to you. I mean, oh, yeah. Your, it's fam- Jody. your family's over here. <laughs> Jody, have you ever heard of this podcast? And you're on there. It is an intervention. How did you stop trying to tell that. a joke? Stop it. Just stop. Okay, I got it this time, oh, guys. All right, no, all that's right. awesome. That's awesome. I just think people should be friendlier to their friends trying stand up and give them guidance when mm. they need it. Oh, yeah. Sure. So you're working on this new act. Are we going to be able to see that in Sturbridge? Because we got a little show coming up <clears throat> with yeah. our good friend, Raf yeah. Cardenas, which is going to be right. Sturbridge host. All right. You've, Let's promote the shit out of it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm going to do it. The right. bit's oh, okay. coming out. Let's break, do it. I'm breaking out the new that's, bits. Oh, here we and go. some that's of the old awesome. bits, but the new bit will be there. Okay. That's ready. Oh, you heard ready. it here first. Ready for prime time. Here we go. Like Sturbridge host. That's <laughs> so in that in that realm, what what are we promoting? What 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 do you have coming up? What do you have yes. going forward? Let us know. What what do you got? Uh, Put right, it out there. So tomorrow I'm in uh Bury yourself, uh, I know. I don't I'm like in my head because you know the truth of the matter is I look the the Tuesday before the weekend at what I have for the week because I don't and I don't but tomorrow well tonight I'm going to be at um don't look at me I don't know <laughs> China Blossom oh my god Wait, I was so like it just yeah China Blossom um for Chris Slayhive opening up for the very funny Paul Gilligan whom I love and tomorrow I'm going to be at the Regent Theater for a 4 p.m. um Blue Hair Special show. <laughs> I say that because that's when the old people can yes. still make it to the show. Okay. That's at the Regent with um, uh, Joey Voices and uh, Pete Costello is going to be there, which Pete I love. Costello. I can't wait to see him because we played softball together. And I haven't seen him in so long. So that's going to be an exciting time. <clears throat> and then you have to tell, I want to promote Raph's show. And I'm like, what the hell's the game on that? Because it's with Lenny Clark. Yeah, if you guys just zip it for a minute, I'll tell you. So it's Saturday, March 16th at the Sturbridge Host Hotel to benefit the Sturbridge Lions Club. It's going to have you, Jody Sloan, hosted by Johnny Peasy, and of course, the blue top himself, Lenny Clark. Speaking of blue hairs, though, I mean, um, and we've had some other uh, comedians on our show here, and they've talked about, like, walking in um, to a place where they look and say, oh, look at how many, you know, how many blue hair older people are here, and yet they love every bit of comedy. They, They, you know, you you don't change what you do. 
right? Is that is that really what happens? Don't because these people. If you think about who the blue hairs are now, yeah. they lived through the sixties. Yeah. I mean, these people saw action. They did crazy shit, right? And people right. want to talk down to them and treat them like they haven't been anywhere. They right. did it. They yeah, wrote right. a book on that stuff. So, like, have fun with them. They and it gives that. them a chance to later Absolutely. on go and and tell their life stories after. That's like, very right. yeah, no, they love it. Grandma, I, you were laughing at that. Oh, it doesn't even <laughs> matter how old you are at this point. Yeah. You know, that's the connection you have with with everyone. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, you know, comedy in general is... Um, comedy and sports, right? It's, it it, yeah, it brings it's, people together. It's oh the God. universal yeah. language. Yeah, I agree. Really. I agree. We're going to be good. there. And, and we're going to be supporting you because you. We, we know how good you are. And, and again, thank you for coming on the show because in the Never Stop Getting a Podcast, we highlight those who embody that motto. And when it comes to... C- to comedy that's you you've been doing it for a long time and we are so happy that you've been a guest with us today so thank you so much thank you i'm beyond grateful that you guys were interested in, in chatting with me and i'm thrilled <laughs> well, it's to be been here. fun thank you so let's not forget march 16th <laughs> sturbridge lions club yes all right lenny clark jody sloan johnny peasy that's it so we, we got, gotta be that's, there. A, gotta that's be there. a huge lineup right maybe there. we'll try to get a, uh, a podcast mate we'll, we'll try to sneak i know we i think we're gonna do one that day Jeez. We got to do one that. Well, 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 we might, uh, we might have you on. Maybe I w- I'll be ready. Yeah. Now, we'll, all of all of you will be quick on hit panel. and runs. Yes. Yeah. Answer question. Go answer. Boom. Question. Oh, Boom. Just to watch bounce off of those guys, huh? Yeah. Both yeah. of them. That'd be awesome. Lenny and time. Johnny. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, those two have stories forever. Uh, yeah, for days. We, we, for days. We've had all of you on the the podcast now, yeah. so we'll look forward to that again. To have do you, you do on. Joe Fish at all? Do you yeah, go? Yeah, oh, yeah, yep. I haven't seen you yep. yet. So. He has me, uh, Johnny has me fairly regularly there, actually, and I really enjoy his room. And I think I have that's coming up as well. It's the only one I ever see there is uh, Mr. Sweeney. Yes, Steve. He's always, no, always and, there. And he's very good, too. He's, he's good. He's yeah. good. He's great. But. I'm very lucky w- to work with some amazing talent. Yeah. I really am very fortunate. This area has a lot of it. it this it really it breeds does. talent. Mm. Yeah. You ever, you ever uh, work with Dave Radigan? Yeah, yeah. So he's been on our podcast. Oh, he has? He has, and we were on his. He was yeah. doing uh, Inside the Blue Lines. Or- yes. Yeah. So it's funny. We asked him what he had going on. He had no clue. <laughs> he's like, I think he's like, oh. a lot of us are like, <laughs> so I'm going to come unprepared uh, to like promote ourselves. He said it. He's like, I should have known that was coming. <laughs> I, and I did. And I did. And I still fail. Uh, uh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> all right, Jody. Thanks again for being on our podcast. And thanks to the audience for tuning into the episode of Never Stop Getting a Podcast. Remember, success is a journey, not a destination. Keep striving, keep pushing forward, stay inspired, stay motivated, and keep chasing your dreams. Until next time, never stop. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Never Stop Getting It podcast. And join the community on Facebook, Never Stop Getting It, and Twitter at Never Stop Getting It. And of course, NeverStopGettingIt.com. 